This is Blake 7 in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by 5 to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters, and occasionally the not-so-one-offs. Who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything else that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, for this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the story first. Well, here we are, part two of our um, Natter with Phil Stevens. You've just, or recently, you've heard us talking about the Federation robot, but uh, Phil has been busy on another project, haven't you? I it, have, yes. It, it's a it's a smaller project, but it's a bigger subject. If you see what just I mean. Just a bit, yes, yes. Mm. Touch, yes. Whew. Yeah. So yeah. the Space Princess, then from yes. Gold. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think one of my favourite spaceships, apart from the Liberator and the Scorpio, I think it's probably yeah, probably one of the most recognisable ones from the from the series. It's a lovely design, and now we've seen it in the flesh. Um, you know, it, it's a lovely bit of work by the late great Bill Pearson. But yeah. like an awful lot of season four of um, of Blake Seven, it's filmed on bloody video, isn't it? Yes, yes, the, the lovely halo effects around all the. Uh, all the spaceship models. Around every single one you, you see on the screen, there's like a sort of very slight sort of oval you can see. Mm. Yeah. The, we, the, the sort of video matting they were using. We've often said, haven't we, Eric, that like, a model work should be on film. Always. As soon as it goes onto video, it, it, it's horrible. And of course, we, we were discussing uh, last time that the influence of uh, Star Wars on model making, this is classic, isn't it? This is mm. a... This is definitely a, a ship inspired by the Star Wars universe, I think. It always reminds me a bit of the, uh, you know, the medical frigate. Yes. You'll, you'll know the one I'm on about, Eric, from Empire. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, very highly detailed. It's, it's like a sort of um, like a sort of flying oil refinery. Yeah. And that's the best way of describing it. Yeah. So, as I say, built by Bill Pearson when he was working yeah. for the show. Um and uh, as you say, a favourite of yours. How did you come about owning it then? Well, <clears throat> um, well, it was uh, it was originally before I owned it. It was owned by the the late Andrew Hopkinson, uh, mm-hmm. who is of course or was of course um, an ex member of the BBC Visual Effects uh, unit. Um, He'd had it for quite a few years, and he was going to restore it, but uh, he'd never sort of quite quite got round to it. He, he built a new front end and back end for it, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, but that's really as far as he'd got. Um, it was passed on to a good friend of mine, Gary Holland. Um, he didn't really know what to do with it, so he, he gave it to me. He said, yeah, I'll take this on the condition that it gets restored and... You know, goes out to shows and things so fans can see it again. So I thought, yeah, okay, I said. <laughs> yeah. Easy to say, isn't it? Stupid did you? Boy. I hope you looked it over and did the old, uh, the old uh, car dealer. Well, I'm I'm in the market for a space princess. Yeah. Not in oh, this too colour. Many, there's too uh, many about, mate. Yeah. Uh, I can't really do anything with this. Uh. So, <laughs> how did it get to you? Did Gary bring it round, or did he put it in the post? Because it's quite a size. He he bought it round. 
Um, right. We used to know each other quite well, and he was visiting, and he, he brought it round in a box. Um, and it's fallen to bits. Uh, is it looks, is, is it heavy or is it? It's not what's, that heavy. What's, what's the actual base that it's made from? Because obviously a lot of kit parts, but is, that, is it a wooden one or? No, the, the the actual sort of inner core is actually EMA uh, ABS. Oh, um, they're right. not pipes. They're, they're like sort of either um, square or um, rectangular sort of tubes. So like mm-hmm. yeah. several of them sort of stuck together. That's the actual central wow. sort of core of it. Um, so it's not it's not particularly heavy, um, but it's it's just big. It's over a meter long. Mm. Um, mm. So. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't want to fancy. I wouldn't fancy um, building a replica from scratch because it's going to cost a fortune. Yes, now, this is heavy on kit parts, isn't it? This oh boy. particular shit. It's very heavy on kit yeah. parts. Um, the six, those six sort of large, sort of squarish, blocky shapes that make up the sort of main hull, as as, as it were, they're from a now long discontinued Tamiya kit, the Formula One Tyrrell, the six wheeler. Oh right, yeah. And it's yeah. the big one twelfth scale kit as well. Oh, um, even more expensive. This part is the well in which the driver's seat sits, and that's the only part that you use from the kit. Wow. And to buy these on eBay, they start from one hundred and fifty pounds each. Oh, good and you grief! Need six <laughs> so that's nine hundred pounds just for six sort of square plastic things, and that's it. Oh, good grief! And did, uh, yeah, presumably you, yeah, the, the the ones on that you 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 had given to you, they were in good enough condition. I'm, I'm hoping you didn't have to buy oh, no, these no, kits. No. no, no, not 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 that. That was they were they were fine. Uh, oh. I did have to buy about a dozen Tamiya eight rad kits. Um, they're sort of twenty to forty pounds each. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a couple of X wings. Uh, quite a few Darth Vader's TIE Fighters, uh, a couple of the large-scale Tamiya Centurion tanks. Again, I use about one bit from each of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I could have I could have probably made some of these bits up, but as it's the original screen yeah. use model, I thought, well, no, that's not that's not how you do it. If I was making a replica, I could happily fabricate my own stuff or get it, you know, get stuff 3D printed. But as this is the original. Yeah, you use model. Then it's got to be the the actual kit parts that that Bill Pearson used. So, yeah, you don't you don't touch up the Mona Lisa with crayons, do you? I suppose that's no, the... no, no. That's 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 yeah. a very good analogy. Yes. Yeah. And were you okay this time with photo references, uh, etc.? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, again, there was one shot I found on the the internet. No correction. There's two shots on the internet. One. Very nice one of the sort of middle section, which was very useful. And one very blurry shot of it at uh, Longleat, at the uh, Doctor Who 20th anniversary exhibition thing they had there. It was part of the BBC visual effects department display. Mm -hmm. And I found a very out of focus, awful shot of it. And uh, they'd actually displayed it upside down. Well. (laughs) Because I thought, oh. Wings on the other side. How is that? 
but no, they'd actually had it on the, on its stand upside down, which is uh, what sort of threw me for a bit. But um, yeah, there's one one very nice photo of the, the sort of middle section. You can see what's what's what, and the rest of it is all screen captures and it's watching, you know, sort of twenty second bits of gold over and over and over again. Yeah, but you do a screen grab on video though. It's not exactly uh, high definition high image you're getting, are you? No, you've got to sort of do your best guess and say, "Well, that looks like that bit," and then you put it there and think, oh, "Yeah, that that'll do." Did and, you uh, did you have the old thing of you know there are missing parts and you know roughly the shape of what the part is because you know you've got bare plastic there? Yes, I mean when I got the model, the it didn't have a front end on it, and it had a different back end on it. I mean when I said it didn't have a front end on it, I mean it had been sort of broken off or snapped off at the front it wasn't um, taken off because because of course that appeared in french and saunders in their aliens ripoff didn't it as the Solarco. that's so, correct so, yes. so that, that the front wasn't taken off deliberately for that do you think no it, it's first appearance it's actually been on screen as far as i can find three times after after gold it was i think 1983 it appeared in Doctor Who, the case of Androzani. Um, the back end was sawn off. Oh, the yeah, drive right. unit was sawn off. And it had small wings stuck on it. Uh, and that was used as the shuttlecraft. Right. And the, the rest of it, they, they built um, a sort of a simplified version of the back end and, and stuck that on it. And that was the sort of, I think, the gun runner's mothership, you know, the big, and it was, it was, it was sprayed grey as well. The whole thing was just sprayed grey. So right. all over the nice, you know, white and red stripes is all grey. Uh, then it appeared in, I think, in the same year, 83 it would have been, I think, in an episode of Red Dwarf. Right. Series 6, episode 1, Sirens, it's called. It, it's right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Starbug flies over these various sort of crashed derelict spaceships, and the, the the space princess, as it appeared in um, um, Caves of Androzani, was actually you actually see it like some crash, you know, like on a, I think it's a meteor um, asteroid surface or something like that, or okay. you actually see Starbug fly fly over it, and then as you said, about ten years later, it appears in in the French and Saunders Aliens uh, sort of spoof. So was that spruced up for that, or was it still in that grey? Finish. Exactly the same. Yeah, right. it must have just they must have just stuck it on a shelf and used it. And was it in the grey fin finish when you got it? Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, of course, originally when it was first built by Bill Pearson, it was blue. It was metallic blue. Right. And the saucer on the front was uh, basically ninety degrees rotated, so it was basically like a sort of flat horizontal thing. It was supposed mm. to be like some sort of space fighter. Bill had this habit of um, building models sort of so, so he could just stick them on his shelf and so if someone <laughs> came along and said oh oh you know we need a you know we need a, a, a space freighter when can you do one he would just like reach around and say oh how about this one you know rather than like oh i can do it in six weeks and that'd be you know x hundred pounds he could just say oh how about this one martin that's bauer told me that's exactly what happened with him the the guys from red dwarf went down to visit him one day and said we need some spaceships and same thing they're uh -huh. already on the yeah. shelf. Yeah, yeah. 
Because, of course, he, he actually worked with Martin at, at Bauhaus for a while. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so, they were business partners, weren't they? That's yes, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So he would have he worked at he worked at Martin's Martin's house in yeah uh, in is it Brackmore? I think it was. It was then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, so, I mean, if you're only going off of screen grabs, was that mm-hmm. difficult then to um, you know gauge what the original color was when it was on Blake Seven? Well, I actually removed some of the some of the grey paint. Um, luckily, they hadn't taken off any of the the litter set lining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on the there's there's there are obviously two sides to this model. The, the side you see on screen, which has got those little tiny wings mm-hmm. in the middle of the hull, yeah. and the other side, which is slightly less detailed and hasn't got them. Uh, I could find no evidence they'd actually had little winglets stuck on that side. There's no sort of what I call a glue shadow, like when you use that um, um, that sort of plastic weld glue, mm-hmm. uh, it, it melts the plastic slightly, and you can see that something's been stuck on there. Gotcha. After it's been broken off. There's nothing on there to show that, that they'd actually stuck anything on that side. Um, but but luckily, rather than taking off the old stuff and spraying it grey, they'd just gone, you know, with a big can of grey primer and sprayed over everything. Right. So I was able I was able to remove the paint from the the original Letraline bits and pieces on the on the the non-screen side as I call it, mm-hmm. um, the side you don't see. Um, so I could see what colour red it was, that you know what colour stripes were, and obviously it's just white white primer the rest of it. So uh, uh, I've actually preserved on on, on the, the Space Princess. I, I did spray the whole thing white again, but I masked over the original bits of letter line on the non-screen side so when you look at that side you can see the original bits that that bill pearson put on there mm-hmm. and the original paint underneath them right uh, a couple of them are blue because that's that's uh, so that's the original color the uh, the thing was sprayed um so it that's sort of pres- preserved as part of the sort of history of the of the space princess Okay, what, what where was the mounting point on it? Was it in the engines the 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 uh, ship was supported during filming, or was it on the side that you know we never see? No, neither. Um, there is a rectangular hole cut in the middle of the um, the hole. It's like a sort of vertical hole. Right. It's it's, <clears throat> it's po- oh no, oh, it's me. Yeah, sorry, Ian, I've, just, I've just appeared. Ian's gone away. Hopefully he? he'll be back in a minute. Yes. Oh. No. <laughs> Probably too exciting for him. Yeah. He's nodding off. Well, let's keep going. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's got a vertical hole, then? Yes, it's got a hole cut through the centre of it. But I've got a funny feeling it may have been flown on wires because I did find remnants of um, uh, sort of thin, sort of thickish, like sort of metal wire on some of the sort of tubes along the sort of top of the main hull. So it's it's possible that um, it was actually um, actually flown by the wires rather than from the, the central mounting bit. Well, if, that, if that's the case, that's pretty good because, you know, there's no wobble when you see the, the camera pass or it pass by the camera. You, you don't get any wobbly effect, do you? No, no. And some of those shots, you would see the... If I if I'd used the mounting post in the centre, you would have seen it as as it as it came past the camera. You would have, you would have seen the black uh, sort of post. Mm. 
Mm. So it must it must have been done by by wire. Or, there's there's no other mounting points on there at all. Right. So from start to finish, how long do you reckon it the restoration job took? Well, six months, a month of which was research. I think overall. So there's a lot of things to find out. It's not just the kit parts. Um, you know those big tall sails on the sort of top and bottom. Mm. Well, they were mostly missing. The, the side bits are X-wing wings, um, but you've got like that sort of funny wire mesh thing in the centre, and you've got details underneath. Um, Did uh, you yeah. say that um, some of it was brass etch? Yes. Yeah. The, the main sort of meshy bit actually comes from a long extinct transistor radio. Oh. Um, made by a company called Hacker in Maidenhead. The Hacker Sovereign 2. Um, and I found out what it was because in one interview I, I looked at, Bill said he found, when, when he was cycling to work, when he was working at Bauhaus, he saw a whole load of these radio metal grills on the side of the road. Um, Hacker went bust in sort of late 70s. It, it made these, you know, the, the radios it made were sort of like built to a quality, not a price. So they're all like really heavy and beautifully built. Gotcha. Um so it must have been someone who had spares for these things. Thought, oh, I don't need that anymore. I'll just dump them on the side of the road. So Bill came along on his on his bicycle and found <laughs> about 50 of these grills on the side of the road. I thought, oh, I'll have that. And, oh. uh, and, he, and he did. But uh, it took me a little while to find out exactly which, uh, which radio uh, the grills uh, came from. Well, that's but, some uh, detective work. Because when I was talking to you at Forever Avon um, yeah. and... and um, you know, you hear Bill Pearson and then Brass Edge. I just assumed it was some of the leftover Brass Edge they had when they were doing the Nostromo and the refinery for Alien. Well, yes, you, you've got that. You've got the, the, the radio grill is the main big bit. And in front of that, there's um, there's a sort of rectangular shaped bit of Brass Etching, which is actually from Alien. Uh, and it's part of the spacesuit detailing. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's it's um it's like yes, it's a rectangular a rectangular shape with like sort of squares and rectangles cut out of it. Um, and I was thinking now then, obviously the original was brass. Do I try and cut these out of plastic, you know, like plastic sheeting, and just just do that? Mm -hmm. But in the end, I thought no, let's 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 do it properly. I mean, also of course some of the 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 bits, you know, where where the 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 rectangles and things are close to each other. It's, it's only like about a millimeter thick the the brass. If mm. I try and if I try and scalp all that out of a piece of piece of styrene, it's going to be wobbly and all over the place. It's going to yeah, be terrible. sure. So I got a free CAD program off the internet. Um, Learned how to use it. Oh, hello, Ian, you're back. Hello, yes, I'm back. For some reason, my our entire internet blipped off. So no, just running around restarting the. Uh, you the fell asleep. Come on. Well, I might, I might have done. Yeah. No, it feels, feels far too interesting to fall asleep. Is that, is that a keyboard impression I see on your forehead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, I've got a got a free free CAD program off off, off the internet. Um, worked out how to do it because it's all like coordinates and things. You don't just like draw the shapes. It's all it's all like. Um, you know, start at this point, and then you move. You know, you move the line x along, and then y up, and right. you know, all, all plot points and stuff. So I actually plotted the whole thing out, 
and uh, I sent it to um, an etching company that specializes in doing low low number runs for, for model makers. So oh, I, actually cool. got it, I actually got it made out of, out of brass like the original. So, and of course, as I had the original Space Princess, I could measure how wide it was and how tall it was, and then sort of reverse calculate it from that. Mm -hmm. I, I found an image on an auction site of a complete set of this etch that was for sale from, from Alien. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I literally stole part of the image, lovingly stole, because it's the internet, I sort of lovingly stole some of the image off of, uh, off of that, this, this rectangular bit, and I sort of resized it to about, about the right shape. And I did it for like different, slightly different sizes, just to see which one fitted best and looked look, look right. So I found the one I liked. Then I used that as the basis for the, the, the CAD drawing I did. Mm -hmm. And then off that went to uh, the etchers. And then I got, uh, I think I've got, I needed four of them. I've got eight done just in case. I was right. wobbly hands whilst, whilst cutting them out of the, uh, the surrounding brass. So, mm. uh, yeah, so that, like the original one, it's, it's, proper, it's a proper brass etching. Excellent stuff. Hey. Yeah. I think you also said at uh, at the con that you know the 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 front section, the command section, whatever, they have um, EMA dishes as well, aren't they? They are, yes. Three of them, uh, two big ones and a small one, is sort of inset backwards, under uh, on the underneath side. So, so um, how do you go about that then? Um, you and I have been um, DMing each other about EMA just recently is yeah. it a case of just flicking through the catalogue and and then having a rough guess and ordering something or what yes I mean actually uh, Andy Hopkinson had actually built the sort of front end sort of he'd actually stuck the two hemispheres together and, and sunk the other one in so I didn't have to work that one out but oh, there okay. are, there's plenty of other stuff on there lots of sort of crossing and um, shapes and rods and stuff where you sort of Take your best guess and then get it from EMA. Yeah. Measure it up against the real thing. Cry because it's the wrong size and then reorder it. Still crying because of the price. Yeah. I, so, tomorrow, tomorrow I've got to do an EMA order and there's a couple of things and I, it's one of two sizes and I'm going to have oh, yes. to order both just to yeah. be on the safe side. You you're know. Get, oh, you're, you're, you're going for the. Uh, you're playing safe and not just going to order one. And no, no, because they're It'll be the other one if you do. Yeah, the, their <laughs> postage is is just so expensive, and then they stick VAT on the top of that, so it's better to do, just order a lot, I think. And you've got and you've got to order more than twelve quid's worth, haven't you? Mhm. Mm <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the, old, the old dreaded minimum order from. Yeah, but uh, EMA yeah. prices. That's not difficult to go over twelve. You know? <laughs> I. I because this is this is your favourite reading material, isn't it, Eric? The EMA catalogue. Oh yes. Yeah. If if you look at that photo, it is well beat up. Yeah. And there's scalpel <laughs> cuts in it where I've been using it, you know, as a cutting board over the years and so stuff. You've been, but you've been stabbing it. Die high prices. Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the special effects industry has been keeping them afloat for the quite a few decades. I think, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm actually quite amazed they're still going because um, how, how many architectural models are now made, I wonder. Mm. It must it must just be, it's probably loonies like us recreating yeah, stuff from it is. 40, 50 <laughs> years ago. Well, yeah, because now, I, 
3D printing again, isn't it? Is is revolutionised the architect industry. They just print up from the designs, mm. from yes. the drawings. Um, yeah. yeah, I wonder who is still using EMA. Me. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it then. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's just about us done uh, for today then, Phil. Um, again, thank you very much for uh, coming along. Um, no worries. Nice to talk to you both. Yeah, I, I, I hope the listener wasn't too bored. I mean, you know, us three, we're modelers and uh, it, this conversation's made sense to us. If, if I've learned anything in my life though, Eric, it's that men, many attractive young ladies are interested in model making. Oh, no, no. Well, That's for sure. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thanks ever so, Phil. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for that. All right. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch. I'm, I'm going to be needing your wisdom, I'm sure, wisdom, I'm sure at some point yeah, very soon. I, char- I, I charge more than EMA. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. Cheers then, Phil. Okay. Thanks very much. Cheers, lady. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.